You're listening to The Birdbath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Santa has come and gone, but he left one more present in your podcast feed. Welcome back to The Birdbath. Each week, we scrape the surface of the news you need to know, so let's get into it. This week is a special one for us. What we've decided to do is maybe take a look back on what the first six months of the Birdbath podcast has brought to our listeners. So just by the numbers here, this is our 24th episode. We've had over 4,000 downloads so far, and so thankful and so appreciative to everyone that right off the bat just jumped in and, and started listening to a podcast about veterinary medicine and, and the news of what's going on. When we set out to create the show, I looked back at all of the different things that I was reading and all of the fantastic news stories that were coming from people like the Fountain Report and Intelligence and the teams that were putting together great stories, but didn't find enough time in my day to read every single news report that was coming out to keep up to date. And and every time I would ask people where they were keeping up on news, it felt like major stories were getting past people. So the birdbath was born, and over 4,000 downloads later, we have had listeners from New Zealand to Norway, South Africa to Alaska, and our listeners have spanned the entire globe. Now, when I dove back and looked through some of the records and, and data from the system, I, I've picked out one listener that if they'll have me, I would love to come and visit them in Lenarca, Cyprus. I looked at pictures, doesn't seem like a place that that can get beat by the world. So if our listener in Lenarca, Cyprus is listening, reach out. I'll do a live episode. We'll do whatever you need. I'm coming. I'd love to come to Cyprus. So to everyone that's listened so far, this has been so fun. This is something I've really wanted to do for a while and, and really enjoy digging into it. So this week, uh, what I wanted to do was hit on some of the stories and give you an update perhaps of, of what happened. Since the show began, our largest episode by far, and your favorite episode from comments and views and, and everything that I heard from everyone was an episode that we had in September when we broke down some of the various viewpoints surrounding the veterinary shortage. Now, in this story, I think uh, I ruffled feathers, no bird pun intended, but we ruffled some feathers on both sides of the story. And you know, I'd like to take a second to thank everyone who reached out with, with differing viewpoints. I actually had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Jim Lloyd of Animal Health Economics just the week after the show came out and and got his feedback on on the coverage of the incredible research that he did. And so Dr. Lloyd was fantastic. He he brought up some great points and and things that I'd love to take a moment here and just maybe reiterate and if you haven't read his report about where he sees the future of veterinary medicine and the staffing needs within the industry in by 2030. I recommend going back and looking at it. It's still extremely relevant and very fantastic. But first, Dr. Lloyd wanted me to make sure that I stress to take the time here that he did his research purely independently. It was published by Mars Veterinary Health, but it was not influenced by Mars. It was independent research that Dr. Lloyd did and, and great research as well. Second, when he went through, it was interesting, as he and I sat down and, and dug deeper in, one of the first questions he asked was, well, were you looking at my August report or were you looking at one from before? And luckily, which was great, we we were reporting on his most recent report on this on the situation, but 
something that's important and and that I've learned from from doing this is when we're doing reporting or when we're trying to find facts and data and analytics to be able to understand what's happening within our industry, just like the new medications and new drugs are coming out and new procedures are coming out and and new things are being brought to the medical side of things. The same thing's happening for research around the staffing shortage and the ways that people are practicing medicine. So Dr. Lloyd made a fantastic point when we chatted and, and made sure to stress that anytime you are looking at research, make sure you're looking at the date of when that came out. Make sure that you're finding if there's an updated version or if someone else has come out with another report that that looked at the data in a different way. So it was it was really great to to see that. Um, if you haven't read the reports, make sure you check it out. Dr. Lloyd did a fantastic job, and and I truly am uh, very appreciative for him to be able to have such a, a wonderful and candid conversation with me about some tough issues that were going on within the industry. Um, and I'd love to have him on the show. So, Dr. Lloyd, thank you for your time there. The AVMA also reached out and uh, they asked to give a, a second stab at the report um, from which they had. And, and in a letter that they sent the birdbath, they said the report's projections call for increasing the number of veterinarians by as much as 55,000 by 2030. That means growing the profession by 40% over the next seven years. And these are all in the AVMA words. But as they said, since that's obviously unrealistic, the knee-jerk reaction being pursued by some is to suggest that we pivot to other solutions. The two that are being pushed, introducing an unnecessary mid-level position that would overshadow our existing veterinary technicians and dangerously relaxing the VCPR would be financially beneficial for some, but are acutely dangerous for animal health and safety and public health. So that was just part of a long letter that the AVMA sent the the birdbath and our publishers after we put out this story. And I appreciate them taking the time to to respond to the story. I, I did offer the opportunity for us to sit down and, and have a more in-depth conversation. And, and that offer still stands. I'd love to have anyone from the AVMA on the show to take part in, in an interview, even if we do a special long-form episode for that. But since we reported on this story in September... The debate over current state of staffing figures and future predictions continues. It's not something that has been solved. It's something that we're expecting to see. But since that story happened, California, Arizona, Idaho, Virginia, and New Jersey all have begun to allow a VCPR to be created via a telemedicine appointment. And one of the colleges that the AVMA touted as helping graduate more students failed to reach the NAVLE pass rate of 80%. So a couple blows to the AVMA side of things here, but um, still, obviously, stories we're going to continue to report on. I try not to overwhelm you all with staffing stories, but if it's something that you're enjoying and that you're wanting to hear more of, be sure to let us know. Another story that received a lot of chatter and a lot of conversation, and actually um, we had a, a follow-up one with an interview on, was Thrive Pet Healthcare's closure of veterinary specialists and emergency services in Rochester, New York. Now, if you don't remember, the, the story hit on a poorly timed email or a missent email that, that gave the team a bit of a, a heads up as they had recently completed some union negotiations and, and those sort of things. But it was definitely a, a sensitive topic and a difficult issue. But since that story has come, the hospital has 
hit that date when they were planning to fully close at the end of November. They have fully closed the the emergency and specialty hospital there in Rochester. And the practice uh, voicemail is now encouraging their clients to try two other ER practices. One of the issues that the, the practice in Rochester brought up, though, was that they are the only ER or specialty hospital in the area to be able to service the, the Rochester community. Now, when I when I looked a little bit deeper into this, the practices that they're now recommending clients go to for emergency service in upstate New York are over an hour and a half, hour to an hour and a half away out in Buffalo. So there is definitely a gap and a, and a need for emergency services in the Rochester area. And the parent company Thrive has since this time hired a new CFO from Cons Home Plus, which is a publicly traded company. And the rumors and 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 conversation around a potential IPO for for Thrive Pet Healthcare continue to swirl. I don't know if this chain of stories continued to get love or just morbid curiosity, but anytime that we reported on Chewy, everyone was all over it. So every time we dug into what Chewy had going on, it was something that a lot of people were sharing and, and participating in the conversations around. But another large company that really did shake things up this year was Walmart's new pet services in Dallas, Georgia. We reported on that practice and how Walmart has expanded their brick and mortar offering to bring pet services directly into those those Walmart locations as a full-time opportunity. Also, Chewy has announced their expansion into brick and mortar veterinary practices, which was something that we hinted at or, or thought about several months ago when we started the podcast. Um, but when I looked to see sort of how things are going at the Walmart clinic in Dallas, Georgia, I, I looked during the busy holiday week here and was able to have basically my pick of the litter when it came to appointments for a wellness check. So pretty interesting to see that Walmart's pet services location has availability. It seems as if not only do they have availability, but if they have those appointments available, the assumption would be that they also have staff there to be able to take those appointments. So it seems like they found a great way to scale up that new location. So we should expect to see more of those popping up across the country. Now, in personal news, I just would love to, again, thank everyone for listening. I, I want to thank the people that are uh, behind the scenes and helping to put together the birdbath. So our producers are Bogdan and Nastia Babich, who are fantastic people. Bogdan and Nastia are, uh, are a dynamic duo who helped me on our previous podcast and, and produced quite a few other incredible podcasts that a lot of you probably listen to. And I'd also like to thank Chris Kelly with Intelligence. Uh, who's the producer of the Fountain Report? Who who brings out the the news that you all get to listen to and 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 dive into? And I'd also like to thank Candace Goodwin for for being a huge supporter and and an advisor to intelligence and and helping us really you know steer the podcast in a direction and find ways to be able to stay engaged for for all of our listeners here. So this is something that I've been an absolute highlight of 2023 for me. I'm excited to see what next year brings. Please keep the communication open. Let us know how we can change, adapt, and grow the show for you. And as always, for the birdbath, once again, and for 2023, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>